Hello and welcome to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. This week's episode is all about movie scores and composers, and we have two composers with us, our friends Bowie and Kelvin. So enjoy the episode. Hi folks, it's Tony and the Movie Guy. We got a brand new episode and my co-host Miss Money Annie. You're so nervous when you say that. No, because you give me this look and it's really scary like she better not fuck it up. I know, I know. Alright, and I've got some special guests with me tonight. Kelvin Piemont. Hey guys. Hi Kelvin. Hey Tony. <laughs> and Bowie Dinkle. Yo Tony. Hi. Hey. Alright, and uh, so these guys are uh, music composers. Yeah. So for tonight's topic... I thought we could kind of uh, really discuss um, music composition and, uh, you know, our favorite films uh, and music scores, mm-hmm. uh, which actually I love a lot about. And I'm really going to be interested in hearing your guys' take on that as well. Um, and it was really interesting when I started thinking of, you know, different films and their music scores. A, just how fucking amazing and memorable they are, but also... Some of them. Yeah, well, of course. (laughs) But also, um, there's kind of a niche of like just certain composers who have their body of work blew me away. So I kind of kept it to just like a dozen, you know, because the amount of stuff they've done is incredible. Yeah, some some composers have been have been working for what like 60, 40 60, 60 years, 60 years yeah. Yeah. and have like Marconi yeah, yeah. Marconi yeah. what he has like I think like over 300 films to yeah he, he's on my list you have no idea who that is no. you, yeah. oh I looked it up but I, I was like yeah I don't know he's the spaghetti that. western guy yeah. 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 I, yeah. I saw all of that and I was like I let Kelvin basically whistle basically no, none of yeah, these yeah, films come on do it I can't even dry lips <laughs> I can't I can't whistle you crashed the bird can you whistle because um, I can't. Not on the spot. I just, not the man. I just I totally put myself on the spot. Oh, no. Anyway, someone that goes. You don't know that? Of course I do. The good, the bad, and the ugly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway, so good. So uh, you can see how batshit crazy the podcast is. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but look, first of all, I, I want to talk about what you guys do. Um, because I, I know you guys have done music composition on some like independent films that I've seen. Um, and then the show uh, Real Rob with uh, Rob Schneider, with, who I've always been a fan of him. I think he's totally underrated as a comedian. And I, I was really happy when I saw that show on uh, Netflix. I binged both seasons. Okay. And then I was so surprised when I saw music. Bowie Dinkle. Oh, you didn't know he'd done it? No, I had no idea. Cause yeah. you, uh, so disclaimer for all the listeners, I've known you guys for about well, 18, 19 sure, years, yeah. Yeah. friends of mine. Um, but that was a real pleasant surprise. And I've got to say that fucking score is so annoyingly catchy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it really is, which I, I think that's what you were going for. But yeah, it's, like, yeah. seriously, I'm not even like before I even thought of you guys coming on the podcast, I would like jingle to it and like hum to it for like sh- weeks. Rob's character is so mean in that show that we really we really wanted to counterbalance that with like a lot of happy upbeat kind of stuff because if we played to his like he's a total dickhead, right? That's the point of the character. Right. And he slowly learns over time, but 
we really wanted to if we did some really dark awful music it would have been it would just oh he's a bad person and i hate mm. the show right you know, yeah. so. no it's very fun and poppy and yeah. kind of catchy have you it's, seen real mm-mm, rob yenny yeah so it, it's basically rob schneider playing playing this kind of exaggerated fictional version of of himself or is it i don't know um and then his <laughs> it's real like, it's about ten, i would say 10 percent <laughs> at least to us i mean he was really sweet to us so yeah. we didn't have any of that but and then his real wife and yeah. his real daughter oh, cool. actually mm. are in the show as well so that kind of gives it this sense of realism it's really cute and obviously it's got cameos with like adam sandler yeah. and dave, nice. dave spade and all those guys and then uh the guy who plays his uh, Jamie, yeah. Poor assistant, Jamie Lasso. Yeah. I love. I thought he was fantastic in it. Um, you know, I want to have him on the show. So plug to you, Jamie Lasso. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, he was a breakout. He did, yeah. he did so good He's in great. both seasons. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. should check it I'll out. Both seasons are on it. Netflix. Yeah. Real rub. Um, a, a but yeah, thing, tell yeah, us about that. Funny thing how about that, 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 about? that kind of comedy is it's a lot of little jokes kind of back to back, and you have to put them together. I mean, like the, the whole story obviously is, is uh, strung together, but. Um, it, you have to have a really driven score, and if you notice, right. like every transition, it's very driven. It's very, it's pushing you forward. You're always ready for the next joke. So that was, I don't know, that was one of the things that it really kind of evolved when we did that show. For yeah, me. that's why it's that, it's that bombastic. I mean, it was a very East Wing inspired. Um, with you know, Kevin Palace was a pretty strong inspiration. We were listening to a lot of that at the time. He's I mean, that. still. If if East Swing is modern swing music with like electronica kind of beats and driven, that's right. It's yeah. kind of swingy, but it's got that modern yeah. kind of feel. Yeah, to you it. got some synths in there, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And it was very big about five years ago. I think it's kind of simmered down and found its place. But we used that a lot, and it was just and Kelvin's French, so that kind of that that minouche. I'm sorry, Kelvin. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry no, no. I mean, <laughs> the French people are actually the number of electronic artists that came out of France is oh, yeah. insane. Like oh, their absolutely. music scene is nuts. Yeah, yeah, very but talented. Because it was that um, that minouche kind of gypsy jazzy Django Reinhardt, and then we needed something very beat driven. All that, all those recordings from like Django Reinhardt are very tinny, no bass, and in order to have something driving, it's East Swing kind of made a good. Good fit for that stuff. See, so you and, told and, me. Sorry, go ahead. And sorry, and um, Rob specifically wanted a because he. I mean, this is how he spoke about it. Was he had this sort of like old world, which he was talking about himself, and then he wanted to sort of the newer uh, where he was talking about his wife and his mm-hmm. child, and he kind of wanted both worlds to kind of live together. So that's the Django Reinhardt, which is you know the twenties and thirties in Paris, mixed with the like the very bombastic bass-driven, you know, electro music. Can you put it up? Because I realize there's no reason why we can't play your, your theme sure, for that I mean, show because you guys, yeah. you you guys composed well. it. Maybe you can plug it in. <laughs> yeah, but... well, just try it. Yeah. But um, tell me real quick as well, because I didn't even realize that the last episode of season two, you had Morricone. Yeah. How did that happen? So uh, um, Rob's been a big fan of uh, that Morricone, and that specific the song is called The Legend of 1800. And Rob's always been a huge fan of that. And we're big Marconi fans, of course, too. Of course, he's a legend. So that was a um, a song that he could buy, like an, an altered version of the score music. It was this weird licensing thing where he could get the altered version of the the, uh, the sheet music, not the traditional version. And then we took that to the, I think, the Budapest Orchestra. Yeah. And uh, they do amazing work. And it's a little bit cheaper than if you got like the London Where are they based? Budapest. 
<laughs> right, it's right on the, right on the I, package. So when I asked that question, I was like, okay, that was really oh, stupid. Wow. Yeah. That's I something what, I would have asked. No, Tony. I knew what they were gonna say. Well, I figured maybe it was in LA, but yeah. I was like, no, they're gonna say Budapest. Yeah. Well, at least at least you didn't try to whistle uh, Morricone. <laughs> yeah. Failed so, twice. Hey, so. We deliver comic gold. Yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. whole purpose. So yeah. don't worry, that's good. Go and uh, yeah, so we got uh, what we got back was the recordings and the stems, and then we had to uh, hack it a little bit, which I feel kind of bad about because it's Morricone. It's a beautiful piece. Legend right. of Sorry, what's a stem? Okay, so a stem is when you have, um, when you're recording an orchestra or band, mm-hmm. it's uh, each track that you're recording. So you're, say ah, you're recording okay. a live band, you have a guitarist, and with a drummer, you're going to have like usually five drums for a kick drum, a tom, and that kind of stuff. Okay, awesome. So each one of those tracks is a stem. So you have it all separately. So you can kind of mix the violin stronger, quieter, the woodwinds oh, nice. up and down. And um, so it's cool. That's what you do if you're doing like remixes or you want to take vocals out and do an instrumental, that kind oh. of, you get the stems. Usually okay, that's. Cool. Just so that for was, our listeners who don't know. Oh, yeah, sure. No, no, that's great. We'll learn something, huh? It was kind of, it was a little daunting just because it's, you know, he's such a revered composer and stuff. But the, the piece is so amazing. The recording that came out was so beautiful. And uh, which you saw the episode, it was like this kind of really, kind of came out of nowhere almost. It's right. really a spoiler warning. It's a really touching, heartfelt moment between Rob and his family. Yeah, because the last episode is fantastic. Yeah. It's a yeah. really sweet show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, like, ridiculous humor. But it, especially yeah. the second season, the, the last episode. Got he, he started heartfelt. that season with that last episode. That's, yeah. that's how he can oh, work wow. backwards that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. And specifically with that song, he had it completely timed out in his head. And stuff. That's great. I hope it comes back for more. Yeah. I think it will. I mean, the, yeah. Netflix is pretty happy. So Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So what other kind of things have you worked on in terms of composition? So, and yeah, whenever you put it up, uh, let us know and we'll play a little bit. So, uh, I don't know, the first the first movie we did... You're listening to the voice of Calvin. Oh, Come yeah. on. <laughs> the first He's movie very, we did uh, was... Sweet, shy French a, a, boy. A little. Uh, yeah, the first movie we did was um, Impact Earth. Nope. It's called Deep Imp- No. Impact Earth is right. Yes, that's sorry. Wow. <laughs> it was. It's, it's, a, it's an asteroid movie. A la Deep Impact or Armageddon, but without uh, all the budget, you know. Okay. So it was a very kind of a small movie. Done by a guy named Rex Piano, who um, anyway, it was starring uh, it had Tom Berenger in it, which was wow. pretty fun. Yeah, and he was sniper he, man. Yeah, platoon. Yeah, he was the uh, he's this old scientist that has a has a lab. Yeah, um, he showed up in that. Yeah, yeah so it's kind of weird for him to bounce from that to that, but. Um, he was this old kind of scientist with this lab where he could like look at meteors and and uh, help confirm the main character that asteroids are coming to Earth and they're going to yeah. destroy it and we have to do something now. Kind That's kind of cool. Yeah. So that was, was our, that was our first feature, but we did we had a few a few shorts and we've been kind of working over the years. Um, but that was like our first sort of here's the full movie. Start with the theme and you know do the rest. Here's so. a schedule to get to meet this timeline. Cool. You know, yeah. And we did it. And we had like I don't know. We had a few weeks to do it. So it was it was a little daunting, but um, it came out pretty good. And yeah, the, honestly, the best thing that I took away from that is um, working with somebody on artistic projects can be uh, tricky. Mm-hmm. If you're like imagine doing a painting together, like right. it would be you probably step on each other's toes a lot. I was going to ask totally. you about that kind of how you guys work yeah. together do you find the, a group well, the good thing you is, drive each other crazy or? Well, the good thing is we didn't we didn't each have like <laughs> yeah. 20 or 30 movies behind us like right. we'd each done like 30 movies and now suddenly we're working together so we kind of like ran off the like pretty early on we started working together i mean like and, figuring it out as yeah, you were figuring going. it out and we started off with one computer we're both using one I mean, like <laughs> it was it was kind of ridiculous but um there's lots of there's lots of stuff you learn. Um, at least at least from the way that we work together I mean, i'm sure there's lots of different people that work together in different ways but 
for example, one of the things when we, we'd never worked with another person directly on a project in that kind of capacity. So when you're both trying to create a piece of music for, uh, say, a, a scene where the asteroids, you know, it's passing over Earth, and we're trying to create a theme for the asteroid itself, because mm-hmm. that's kind of the only bad guy in that movie. And he has an idea and I have an idea and we're both trying to do our ideas at the same time. You kind of run into problems and then you start to hate each other for a little bit. And then uh, it, you you have to figure out, oh, okay, like if if you have an idea, you run with that idea and I'll back you up and I'll help you and I'll add whatever I think is good. And if I have an idea and that was the most important thing that we learned early on. Cool. And that solved most of the problems, I think, yeah. once we agreed yeah. to that point. And also also um, if if I were to do a piece or if I were to start doing a piece because we really co-write everything that we do. So right. if I were to start a piece, um, I would always pass it on to Bowie and I'd be like, you know, like either like, hey, I think I'm good with this. What do you think? And then like, can you play with it or vice versa? And it always gets transformed mm-hmm. and I'm always happy with it. Um, at least, uh, you know, like so far it's been like really, and it's been like a progressing sort of um, ability to work together and stuff like that but that's great well you're both alive and well you've got yeah. you've expanded from one computer you've got a cool little studio which i got to see last week yeah. so yeah. you know i wish you guys nothing but continued success thanks um where can people find you like you got a site or uh, your yeah. social media handles? you can go to uh, bowie and kelvin.com and that's b-o-w-i-e and k-e-l-v-i-n.com i noticed bowie is first alphabetical we had to we had to have that conversation <laughs> i was wondering if you guys had an arm wrestle over that <laughs> we, we, we've done a couple projects where like say i'm out of town and i only work on it very piecemeal like we go out of our way to make sure that the the uh, accreditation is more accurate but in order to dodge a lot of problems, we just say it's alphabetical, yeah. you know. But that that was that, that conversation is going. We didn't we didn't want to have it where he's like, French. Come on. Yeah. Well, we didn't want to have the, the the sort of back and forth and then whose project or whatever. Of course, so right. the yeah. easiest is yeah, your partner. You yeah. share yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Awesome. Well, look, let's get right into it, gents um, and lady. Um, Unless, yeah, I got that theme up if you want to hear it. Right oh yeah, yes. good. So before we Please. start, this is the theme for Real Rob, which is on Netflix. Yeah. swing that is yeah. that is very easy okay yeah. that makes a lot of yes. sense it's awesome yeah, yeah and it. forgive the it. quality but we just did that off his phone yeah. Yeah. so yeah maybe you'll send Gives us a link idea. and we can add it or something sure. you know and, um but yeah just check out real rob on yeah. netflix and you'll listen to it every episode okay good so look I, i'm actually super stoked for this stoked why did it say stoked because you're around me it's like totally from the 90s <laughs> okay, Tony. um okay so this the episode is movie scores and composers Okay. Um, and as I said, so, uh, and feel free to interject. If something comes to your mind, don't be shy, say it. Sure. Um, but I made a list of about a dozen. Um, and then I made some random ones that are just very kind of near and dear to me in terms of scores for mm-hmm. movies, you know? Uh, so, I mean, I'm Tony the movie guy. I watch like a movie a day, if not two or three movies okay. every single day. Okay. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I rewatch movies all the time. Um, yeah, I am crazy. Um, 
What's a 90s word for crazy? Loco. Uh, wiggity whack. <laughs> wiggity <laughs> whack? Yeah. All right. Brilliant. Okay, good. So I'm going to continue. Wait, that's all not right, that good. 90s. I say that all the time. <laughs> I don't even know what wiggity whack is. Okay, good. So we to kick it off, we have to start with the godfather of music. Uh, score movie scores and composition. I want to see what you guys are going to say. Well, I know, what, I know what you're going to say. Gonna Who's say. the Godfather? I already know. What you're I know they. Say. I know they know. Even if they don't agree. I, think I even know this one. Yeah. Who is it? Should I say? Well, I think John Williams, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I did know that one. Okay. okay. I mean, so number one, he's literally been working for about fifty or sixty years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, his body of work is in. Same. So that's why I stopped at like 12 because I, I literally listed out. I mean, John Williams, number one, he's Spielberg's go to guy yeah. for Steven Spielberg. With one that's, exception, but yeah. Uh, well, so, and who? Bridges, Tell me. Bridges Bias. See, he didn't do that movie. Yeah. That's right. Um, what I saw that through here, I saw kind of a pattern of, I mean, a lot of these uh, composers, they do a lot of different directors, but they seem to have one specific yeah. director that they do most of. But you're right. So yeah. he didn't do Bridges Spies. Then. He was sick then, so it was the oh, wow. one, I think. Yeah. yeah. He's what, like 80? 90? 90? Yeah. Man, he's still going yeah. strong. And but, he's, you know, he's still, like I saw him last year at the um, Hollywood Bowl. I think right. He did, oh, I wanted I, to I, go I to that. that. He performed live. Everybody with their lightsabers. So yeah. Insane. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, I actually saw him do the Star Wars theme at Comic-Con a few years oh, okay. ago, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, but look at this list. It's so impressive. Jaws. Yeah, of course. Who can do the Jaws? Yeah. Well, that, well before, you, before you list them out, before you list them out, because um, we had this discussion, I think, five or six years ago. And multiple and, times. And many, it? many times since. Um, John, the one, the one thing that kind of puts him apart from everybody else is you probably can't hum by memory any other theme that's true you're so right and with yeah. his you can do it for multiple almost all his movies yeah so jaws let's hum it okay obviously yeah they get stuck so star wars yeah yeah yeah, I mean, and you have multiple themes. And you have, and you have, and you have multiple themes. Um, as many, actually. Yeah. Exactly. As the, the, and by the way, it was an interesting the point. Side theme and... Interesting point. Uh, this was actually um, Wagner. Wagner. I don't know how you say it in English. Wagner. Wagner. Wagnerian. So, um, I actually know who that is. So he, I think he was the first to uh, make themes for characters and or, you know, like the villain and the protagonist and Big so on. Plot elements and stuff. Oh, plot nice. elements. And he was, a, he was like the first. I think he did it for... Tannhauser, I think, was the first one. Um, I'm probably wrong on that. Anyway, um, and um, in modern day, John Williams did that, and he really, really pushes that. And you can see that because every oh, like yeah. Luke has his his theme, the Force has the theme, and you know, Darth yeah. Vader has Darth Vader has his theme. It's and Empire has a separate theme than yeah. Darth Vader's theme. And... Yeah, but you're yeah. so right about the the themes being so memorable because you've got Superman. And then E.T. Yeah. I don't so remember good. that one. The E.T. one is a probably one of the harder ones. It's, yeah. it's very, it's very, so good. It's very orchestra. Yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Come on. Oh, are we, am I supposed to hum it? Yeah, let's do it. Dun, 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 I just did that. That was cool. See, you guys sound way better than me. Oh my God, Kelvin is adorable. He's so red. Yeah, yeah, I can't sing. No, I can't sing for the sake of my life. Ten times better than I am. Oh, Tony and I can't sing. Okay, but look, Home Alone. Okay, Jurassic Park. So now go back to Home Alone because the John Williams was that that Christmas song was that that was an original, right? I don't remember. So that's why I said. So it's that. Oh, that's John so Williams? Good. So are you he, shitting me? He's like the only guy 
anyway that I've seen that's created a, like a thematic Christmas song Amazing. that wasn't obnoxious. I literally thought that was like a hundred years yeah. old. Me that's too. what's insane about yeah. that. I mean, I I mean, I hope I'm not wrong. Saying I that, thought that I was like, like we'll check it out and let us no, know. No, but sure. like, that's and crazy. So I remember that very uh, distinctly. Orchestra, the yeah. whole. Well, they do they do it with a choir so and without, yeah. and because you're going in and out of a church in that movie, it's yeah. like it's really that's plays right. well with the visuals. It's that's crazy. Yeah, you're, you're, the next one is my favorite. Yeah, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. Jurassic Park. Yeah, do the theme. Um, oh my god, I'm gonna blank. Jurassic Park. It's the pressure. I mean, Jurassic Park. Oh my gosh, I love it so. I'm not even a huge fan of the movie, and I love the theme. This is our biggest point. What? Oh, thank you. Wow, Bowie's on Yeti's side. He looked at me with like. So it's like in my top five, and he's like, man. If no, I, no, no, I don't I, hate it's it. A, it's a I perfect like movie. It. I, I that, like that's it. Right. It's, it's a perfect movie. It's a perfect movie. Yeah. A perfect there, movie. There's like, that's a fun game to play is like movies that you can't correct or improve yeah. in any way and Jurassic Park it's is a perfect movie. It's freaking perfect. Um, I like Jurassic Park. I I have no problem with it. It's a good film. <laughs> You're it with faint praise. I don't think it's like amazing. Like, oh my God. Like I do with many other Spielbergs. But okay, hold on. Harry Potter. No. So oh, John Williams. Well, kind of, right? He kind so, of. He did a few. Cues. Yeah. So he did some, yeah. right? So he did um, Hedwig's theme. Hedwig's theme, right. which is a pretty awesome. Yeah, I love that one. Oh, that's really memorable. That's the one you remember almost the most. Yeah, right? yeah. because yeah. it's yeah. the most thematic. It's the one yeah. you can hum yeah. best and all that. Not me, but well, that was good. And then you got Schindler's List and Saving yeah, Private Schindler. Ryan. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't. I can't hum those, but but you're right. So like five of those are like. Totally hummable. Yeah. yeah. It's a new one. And there's probably, yeah, right. Hummable. Is yeah. it hummable? They're going to be saying that <laughs> in the <laughs> studios. Okay, or, so John. Uh, catch me if you can. Yeah. That's right. That's so he did that. Yeah, so I didn't list did all of them. Yeah. He's done like a hundred so movies. Yeah. Um, but one thing I want to ask you, since there was like some hesitation when I said The Godfather, and it's okay. I mean, yeah. I can tell you guys like him but so you don't consider him like the master no no I mean, he no he clearly is the the, He's most, the most prolific popular, well celebrated most composer successful. yes probably of all yeah, time. I, you don't think so i just I, want to put you guys on no the no, no no i i you say of <laughs> wow, all time you say of all time um you're more like as far as well movies i'm like a lot no I, I can't say that no okay. i i it's certain I, it's i can't it's hard i can't just right. make the I whole totally body of that. work uh it's it's well, look, I'm going to go through you kinda, these. You've kind of fallen in lo- out of love with composers a little bit. Right. Where, yeah, John Williams obviously has, like, some of the most memorable scores of all time. And I'll give you an example. Growing up, I loved Queen. And I've listened to Queen Fuck, for love th- Queen. hundreds yeah. of thousands of hours. You don't like But now? today, I can't really... I've, I've heard it too much. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. So every now and again, I'll get it. But, like, I can't, like... When I work or if I'm, you know, doing something, I can't just put it on for, like, four hours because I'm like, God, I can't... You know, it's just... I get that. So... Now I'm like, I, I discover, you know, Michael Giacchino or, or, or if I'm saying that right or something. Giacchino. Giacchino. It's hard. It's um, weird. So there's other scores and so like I have to, you have to change it. I totally get it. And I'm going to let you guys spotlight ones that we may not know. Because yeah. you're right. Everyone knows John Williams. Um, but I think he's an absolute genius. Yeah, he totally um, is. And I know you guys think that. Of course yeah. he is. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Okay, good. Hans Zimmer is actually my favorite composer. Right. Okay. So I don't That's who I much... thought you might have. I thought you might have. Interesting. When you he's... asked that question earlier, I thought you might say Hans Zimmer. Well, no, because I mean, I'm, I'm an 80s kid. I grew up with John Williams and he's so consistent. But um, Hans Zimmer is, ac- if, if I ranked, he would actually be my number one. Um, and he's also Christopher Nolan's kind of yeah, go-to he's this guy. guy right? yeah. He's done several others, but uh, I mean, he did Rain Man. He did True Romance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of cool, like, bell and chime yeah. theme from you guys love true but, but, romance. But, yeah, that's but, great. But, but hum a single theme he's done 
That's such a good point. I could do that. I could probably I could do, do that. that. I could do that. What from Inception. Like that, uh, Tony the Dunkirk one. Can you remember that? I can't, that's, hum it. No, it's, it's a, such a good point you brought up. I actually can't. That's pretty. I haven't seen it yet. Which one? Oh, you haven't Dunkirk. seen Dunkirk? I don't have a big enough so TV good. to really watch it. No, no, the music is phenomenal, but you're totally right. I can't hum it. Inception is the closest one I could probably do. You know what? going, blah. Yeah, exactly. And then the piano, the boom. Boom. Like oh, right yeah. at the end. Sure. I'd have to say, I'd have to say, uh, Interstellar is probably the He's most memorable. Oh, movie. I love Interstellar. Yeah. So on Netflix right now, there's a live concert of Hans Zimmer doing all of his music, oh, okay. which I just watched last night because I'm stupid like that. Yeah. Um, it's good, but the last ten minutes when he does inception okay blew me away it's more than more than so gladiator because come on so i love yeah. gladiator so he did gladiator That's he did one. he did the lion king he did thelma yeah. and louise he did the thin red line which is a very underrated the thin red movie. line is when movie. you when you mentioned saving private ryan I, I when i think about war epic and i think of music Fantastic. i think of the thin red line i love it yeah. he did gladiator of course which is so iconic he did the last samurai inception interstellar uh, all the pirates of the caribbean movies all about the first. Really? He didn't do the first? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, look, I'm being, like, corrected. No, that's okay. Well, um, he did several of them. Yeah. I wrote Remember, all, well, all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Right. But Hans Zimmer came out with a, a master class a few months ago, and I'm pretty sure he mentioned the fact that he... He did the other ones. He did the other ones, and they and when they when they came and pitched him that they're going to make a movie on the ride of Pirates of the Caribbean, he's like, that can't... You know, he was kind of... <laughs> he didn't really see what it was going to be, and anyway... Yeah, anyway, I'm not. I'm not totally sure. It's, it's really interesting though, because I'm going through, and the films are so memorable. But the music, even though I remember it as kind of a general whole, yeah, I don't remember the theme. Because like he did Batman Begins, he did The Dark Knight, he right. did The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Oh, he did Blade Runner 2049, which I love. Well, he kind of did it. So the thing is, Johan Johansson did, did a couple ideas, yeah. and then had some something happen between him and Denis Villeneuve, the director, because he does all of Denis Villeneuve's movies, like Sicario. We don't know. Here's the thing: Hunt, John Johnson like died in a hotel like a year later. So oh, it's wow. like it's, who really? knows what happened with that? Holy and, crap! Uh, That's cause of death unknown. I think it was in Iceland, which is where he's from. No Berlin. Murder mystery. Was it Berlin? Files. Okay, yeah, maybe yeah. Berlin. I don't know. I mean, you just you think I don't want to say that's, anything bad about that because I love Johan Johansson. Um, so then they brought on Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer had another guy named like Benjamin something that actually was You're the right. guy he who's totally credited. Did it with someone else. Well, he's. I think that dude is the guy who actually did the score for Blade Runner 2049. And then Hans Zimmer kind of was there to tag in a little bit. Got it. And that was one of our, our biggest critiques of that movie is the music is kind of inconsistent. It's really? God, but also it. also because of the first one, I um, Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner is one of my Vangelis. favorite movies of all time. Oh, me too, man. Yeah, it's amazing. And... and, and um, Vangelis or Vangelis? Vangelis, Vangelis. Yeah, um, so there's, his score is just, I mean, it's... Incredible. The best way to put it for me is that it's another character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. That score is another character. So it's really, and it, it's, it's, it sets the entire just, atmosphere. Yeah. 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 And you can't even really, you can't even listen to the score really without the, the you know, the dialogue and, and, and effects track. And I don't know. It's just, yeah, do like he's the first dude. Some, some guy came to him and said, hey, do a cyberpunk film noir score and he's like okay well let me pull up my sense and make something and well, it was unlike anything else yeah, exactly you know and so blow run in 2049 i actually love it but it's kind of similar to that obviously they were yeah. trying parts to of it, but there, there's a couple there's a couple really big action pieces yeah. of music tears are, in the rain which I are love. of course but oh. that with 2049 it just there were some really big uh like heavy pieces that were very like dynamic and then there yeah. was the moody kind of old mm. school blade runner it didn't really feel that was like it didn't feel consistent a little bit, like not 
there wasn't one dude running the show. It's right. what it felt like when, we, when I watched that I movie. So yeah. that's a critique that I, I mean, I still, the music pieces are, are excellent in themselves just as a whole for the whole movie. Interesting. So like mm-hmm. the mixing overall of the, yeah. all of well, this is the your choice job, of Ezra, So I see you guys are going to look at those elements. No, it's and interesting because we're not pros. That movie is one movie so. I'm probably the most critical about, mostly because that kind of music is probably the type of music I listen to the most mm. of everything I listen like to. synth type. Yeah, like Jean-Michel Jarre and... Uh, um, uh, Vangelis and and um, uh, you know like tubular bells and stuff. Not so much tubular bells, but like tubular bells. I listen to I listen <laughs> to tubular bells. Like, I actually love tubular bells all the well, time. Like, like, such and, like a I have my headphones and I'm just you know I'm working or whatever, and it's that's what I listen to almost probably the most. So I'm extremely aware of the different you know synthesizers they were using then and now, and how they were trying to simulate what they had. I don't know. It felt it felt like they were trying. I don't know. I I wasn't in love with it. No, no, I got it. Yeah. I totally yeah. got it. And as I said, one thing I love about the podcast is obviously it's kind of fun to take deep dives into these subjects, but I learn yeah. a lot. And I find when I watch movies, I have a whole new appreciation of those specific subjects sure. and fields. Yeah. I had this uh, lady who was a costume designer and we really, uh, I remember yeah, before awesome. she came on, I was kind of like, how much do I love costume design? And all did I know, I was all uh, into right. it. And ever since then, I pay so much attention yeah. to that. It can know? be a curse too, though, because yeah, sometimes you'll be sitting there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be sitting there thinking either this music's bad or like this music's so good, and uh, you can kind of get a little distracted. I think yeah. it's, there's a, there's something nice about the ignorance is bliss to just being able to enjoy a movie and let it make you just feel a certain a way. And not I agree. Think a I also try it. and be a different breed of critic because obviously I yeah I dissect every element, but I also look at. Any movie is a piece of art. Yeah. You know, like, look, you guys did the music for The Hollywoodens, you know, which was a film made for, like, nothing. Right. You know, and I I went and saw the premiere, and I know there were mixed feelings because it was done (laughs) in such a shoestring budget. Mm. I bought it. I've owned it. I've I've watched it three times. I like the music. I like the film. Trust me, of course, it's in the editing. It's, you know, it's there's, there's like, there's a fantastic movie in there. But I still enjoy it. And also, so early on and everyone involved. I mean, come on. You know, but the reason I brought that up is the biggest piece of shit to me, The Room, is a perfect example. It's kind of, they made it. They produced it. It's it's done. It's still a piece of art. So I always try and look at films that way. No, really, I do. Because I don't try and just, like, shit all over something. Right, right. Because people put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. You know what I mean? There's, I think there's always something good to be found. And and not right. not not that only few things, but there's always something good to be found, and I think yeah. that's the that's the better lesson. Yeah, that's that's all I'm sure. saying. Yeah, plus exactly. they were able to make the Disaster Artist, which was a blast. If you haven't seen it, absolutely, yeah. I've seen it, and I, I saw um, a live uh, viewing of Wait, the room was out there, right? two weeks I saw ago, that event. I saw and that I shook event. his hand. I got a picture with him. He signed my T-shirt. He signed the Blu-ray, and then he like he's really embracing. Tr- and then he tried to stuff, hit on right? my wife in front of me. It was great. Oh, it was fantastic. We uh-huh. threw spoons at the screen. It was like, oh my god, it was hilarious. It was uh-huh. fantastic. Tony, you're nerd. Yeah. It's a whole cult thing. Okay, in so LA. I don't get the spoon thing though. Every what is the so spoon in thing? the background in the room in the pictures there are pictures for some random reason, of spoons all throughout the film. Oh, Literally, okay. it's like the background. I've only seen it once. So they so. were they were lazy. They <laughs> were so deep. lazy, they didn't bother putting real pictures. So there's literally just pictures of spoons. So it's now part it's of thing. the tradition that every time you see a spoon in a picture, people throw spoons at the screen. Uh-huh. It's ridiculous. But they don't just do that. I mean, they chant 
every single line of the film. You can't even hear what's going on in the film, but it was so fun and entertaining. <laughs> I really enjoyed <laughs> it. Funny. Anyway. Um, okay, good. Let's move on. Um, so here's your boy, and I, I love this guy as well. I mean, he's a, he's a living legend, which is Ennio uh, Morricone. Yeah. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, he did all the spaghetti westerns. He's kind of Sergio. Maybe he won the Oscar. Not yeah, so he's Sergio Leone's go-to guy. Right. Now, so was that the first time he, he had ever That's won the first Oscar. Oscar. Yeah, yeah, Quentin Tarantino made a big, big... Holy shit. For The Hateful what Eight, he, yes. oh, oh, which was beautiful. The music was beautiful. Amazing score. So he's been nominated probably like 20 times and never won. Yeah, he's won. been nominated a bunch of times. That's insane. And that's right. He was like, he's like 90. I got to imagine yeah. that that part of that is just like Oscar politics. Oh, like yeah. that's got to oh, happen. You got to campaign and take that's a build. And, you know, crazy. We just did that. a whole podcast oh, just yeah, on okay. that subject. I'm sure, I'm sure it's dark and deep and <laughs> oh, complicated. Yeah. Another point is that um, I think they like to have the people come and pick up their Oscars. And yeah. because he never traveled or he, I don't think he ever, for any of his nominations. So he's based in Italy. He's obviously. in Italy, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, He's when you see his portfolio. I mean, he, he pre, I think he must do like a movie every other week or something. Yeah, it's like wow. the Stephen so, King of score. He just bangs yeah. it out over and and yeah. that, that sounds reductive saying bang it out, but yeah, he just does. He just he can just put music together like it's nothing. Yeah. He's breathing. He's a genius. You know? Yeah. So look, some of his portfolio. And hate the late's like not even close to his best work, but it's, I'm glad he got I an Oscar either way. It's very mission, memorable. I, I mean, I can't favorite. It was whistle really it, but yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, so look, he did Once Upon a Time in the West, yeah. which I love that movie. He did The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, which is obviously the most memorable. Yeah. Um, he did um, A Fistful of Dollars for a few dollars more. Yeah, and he probably has no idea what we're talking about, but they're all the Clint Eastwood <laughs> They're all the Clint Eastwood <laughs> no, spaghetti western movies. All the covers were tan and Clint yeah. Eastwood's <laughs> looking at you with a grizzly steel. Yeah, I've seen actually a lot of these in the movie. Yeah, I didn't know this. He did the thing. Yeah, I think no, that was John Carpenter. No, no. no that's John Carpenter. Carpenter. Does his own score. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, someone should check no, no, that because that's a different. That's probably okay. A good. It must thing. be another yeah. movie called The Thing. John Carpenter definitely did. The that's thing. what scores, I thought. Yeah, he scores his own. Um, Once Upon a Time in America, yeah. The Untouchables, yeah. and The Hateful Eight, which he won an Oscar for. The Untouchables might be actually my favorite score. Oh yes, I love that movie. I love that. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, that whole uh, the, the train station scene. Yeah, with the thing with coming the, the down. Steps. Oh. He uses really low the piano. Tension to, was this, incredible. Like, super, to and yeah, the lower you get so on a good. piano, the more dissonant it becomes. So it's just kind of... Andy Garcia, you got him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got him. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, the movie was really good. It's and fantastic. the score is amazing. Okay, anything else you want to say on Marconi? Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, he's amazing. I agree. Okay, good. Let's let's move on. Don't worry, I've got quite a few. So, okay, Danny Elfman. Um, sure. I, I'm not the biggest fan, actually. I love um, have you no. have you seen um, the Nightmare Before Christmas? Yes. yes. Or Edward Scissorhands? Yes. Or yeah. So he's Tim Burton's go-to yeah. guy. So he's not the biggest fan of Batman. Yeah, the original Batman. Yeah. yeah. How good is that? So that is good. I mean, come on. Do it. I just did it. I love the Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. He wrote the lyrics. He like he did so all that, right? Men in Black is memorable. That's to me. awesome. He did that. Specifically that rap song that was in there. Yeah, yeah, totally. He did Spider Man. He did the Simpsons theme. Apparently, he's very famous for that. Edward I didn't know Scissor he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did the same. I did not know How's that, that go? Does anyone tell. know? You can totally tell. Uh, I just know the, the choir <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> I know. I remember Dun. that. <laughs> All right. He did, yeah, Edward Scissorhands. That makes Scissorhands. total sense. That's Danny Elfman. That's like so his style. Yeah. yeah. Beetlejuice, Sleepy yeah, Hollow, Beetlejuice. Alice in Wonderland, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Again, as oh, I yeah. said, he's Tim Burton's go-to Tim guy. Um, I'm not the... I'm not the biggest fan of Tim Burton what, movies. Yes, I like Edward Scissorhands. I what love about, Beetlejuice. Uh, what about, uh, what's that movie with Ewan McGregor? 
Big Fish. Yeah, Big oh, Fish. Oh, I yeah. love Big Fish. Yeah. That's one. Of the, that's a real exception because I I made you watch yeah. that just recently. Yeah. I love Ends Big Fish. The ending is Tim so gorgeous. Best yeah. movies, yeah. yeah. Big right Fish. Yeah, specifically if you had a dad or had a kid or. But anything. doesn't it also yeah. feel not like a Tim Burton movie? It, that, it doesn't like have that, that in a weird, way, oddball, quirky kind that of big eyes. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. little more upbeat, big eyes beat or a bit on a high, higher sort of upbeat level, I think, than the different yeah, ways. It's not, dark, it's not as dark for sure. Yeah, it's a for sure. Bit but there are dark. I mean, Big Fish has some dark scenes. It does. And, oh, definitely. Um, yeah. But as far as the music of of, uh, of Danny Elfman, I don't know. He's I love his. I feel like every uh, every composer kind of has like an instrument stack, if, if that makes any His sense. His theme seems always kind of like silly to me. Is that right? That's like, not fair of... because if you listen, if you listen to I'm Batman, sorry. I know I look, <laughs> no. I look really mad when I said that. Uh, no, I love that. I wish it's the okay, listeners movie. could have it's seen okay. that. You're, you're talking about more modern, more modern Team stuff. Team yeah. Danny so, Elfman. No, it's just you're talking. I've had this. I've had this argument about Tim Burton too. People like right. start to start to hate on Tim Burton, and it's like, mm. what have you done for me lately? Kind of stuff. Right. And and just for the listeners, I don't hate Timber and I don't hate Danny Elfman. I'm just not in love with what they what they do. I think Continue. Edward Scissorhands is like one of the most beautiful movies ever That's made, a good film. and the score for movie. it is also it is, like yeah. just as good as the movie. And whether he's if he could if he just just did that, I was still like seeing Danny Elfman's praises, like just right. that one movie. Yeah. So Beetlejuice is great, and Beetlejuice the, and the music for Beetlejuice and and the original Batman. His yeah. his and his, his, Black, his use of of rhythm and he always has bells and, and his choir. He's always almost always has his choir. It's such, but he has his sound. I mean, like if you were gonna, if you're gonna, like That's when you hire, what I mean, yeah, when yeah you, he has his sound because the truth is, there's six or seven films he scored that actually I love. Sure. Sorry, yeah, so like, the, yeah, he really, he really is true to his sound, which I really like. It, right, he's not all, he's not just generic or, right. or. I think that's part of it is that he's very distinct, just like Tim Burton is, where they do these kind of not, I wouldn't say niche, but very stylized. Yeah. So, right. It, right. and you, if you listen to the same stylized stuff over and over, it can get a little. You're little totally right, writing, and that's the know? difference. John Williams and uh, Hans Zimmer, it, they're so eclectic to me. Yeah. Anyway, it is very eclectic. Um, whereas Elfman, yeah. it's like. You know, and it's more, healthy. and it's more. I would say more timeless. Where with John Williams stuff right. specifically, like it's that that orchestra mock-up of those thirty-two mm. people has been kind of the same for. Right. Of course, it's legendary. A while, right? And you know, you always pan your your violins left in your mix, even if you're doing it all on the computer, because people expect violins to come from the left, whether they know it or not, because that's how people have been doing it for eight hundred yeah. years. You know, so right. John Williams has a very timeless sound to it, so it doesn't. You know, it's like if you're going to listen to ska music, you know, it's like, fine, you can like a couple ska songs, but too much ska and you just want to blow your brains out yeah. or whatever. Sorry to all your Time's ska changing, fans, yeah. but yeah. If, if we have any listeners who are ska fans. Probably. Okay, good. Let's move on. I think the next chap, uh, I think we're all going to love. And when I looked at it, because I already knew who he was, Howard Shaw, sure. because The Lord of the Rings are like yeah. my favorite films mm-hmm. of all time. And I literally have those uh, soundtracks on my phone and I listen to them every week uh, and it's funny when I went to your guys' studio last week you played the, the Hobbit theme yeah. which is like yeah. one of my favorite things of all time and the the bridge of when Gandalf dies mm. oh, that yeah. theme oh, yeah. when yeah, yeah, after yeah. he dies oh, and they're yeah. all gre- in mourning yeah. oh or whatever. fucking god it's amazing yeah. um, but then I looked at his body of work and it's incredible again he's David Cronenberg's go-to guy I don't know if you guys are familiar yeah. with that. I know. Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, we'll talk about it a bit more. I'll just list, list them off. But yeah, so he did Lord of the Rings, Howard Shaw, this is. He did The Hobbit. He did um, all of Cronenberg's uh, films, bar one, mem- some memorable ones, The Fly, which is a great, 
body horror movie. Yeah. History of Violence, which is so underrated. Have you That's seen that? That's a very, yeah. yeah. Oh, my Viva God. Viva Mortensen, right? I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. yeah, he did Big. Oh, wow. I didn't know he did yeah. Big. That's he did good. The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Now, I can't hum it, but that's very memorable yeah. in yeah. my mind. Yeah. He did Philadelphia with Tom Hanks as well, Mrs. Doubtfire. He did Seven, The Aviator, The Departed, and King Kong, right. the remake that Peter Jackson did. Okay. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, I was like, wow. So but uh, so I mean, he's Peter Jackson's guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Oh, well, that's true, yeah. actually. Yeah, so he's actually yeah. Cronenberg. He's done like 20 Cronenberg movies, but you're right. He's done yeah. about five Peter when, Jackson when movies. When we started this uh, this episode, you um, you mentioned how composers have their directors, but I think it's directors who have their composers. I agree, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. You're right. You're right. That that actually makes total sense. Um, and you're totally biased, of course, because you're a composer. No, no, yeah. no. I'm <laughs> I, I actually think you're right because they have their overall vision for the film as a director. Yeah. So then the music is going to keep part of that. And then they think of who would be perfect for that. Yeah. And they um, usually stick with that person. I mean, that's why Christopher Nolan still has the same, you know, Hans Zimmer. Like, that you, you, you have a good know, working you know to, like, yeah. yeah. You know how you have like repartee and all that stuff. And you it's easy to communicate. You develop your own language with each other. And, yeah. We worked with a director who uh, I'd never heard this term before, but he wanted statement notes a lot at the ends of scenes, right? So I didn't know what it was at the time, but it really what it means is um, there should be a kind of a hard stop at the end of the the music piece and that it should reverberate out in the end and let that cut to a transition. That's really what that meant. But what he wanted was the end of the music to really kind of uh, put a period on that scene. Is what he well, wanted. Right. So, and then he called those statement notes. So, if we ever oh. worked with that director again, we, yeah, okay, good. We'll throw some statement notes at the end or whatever. Kind of. Is that way. his term or an official term? I've never he's heard only, it before. A, I've only ever heard it from him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So right. interesting. Yeah, and then so one thing about the Lord of the Rings stuff. Yeah, I was going to say before we move on, let's spotlight lots, yeah. the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. To me, that's one of the most beautiful emotional music scores ever, and I'm, I think I'm yeah. happy to know you guys. Oh, 100%. You it's agree? Right? Gorgeous. One hundred percent. And one of the things that's interesting is uh, the way Howard Shore builds. He has a he has uh, maybe like five or six hard themes throughout the three movies that he comes back in and out of. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the themes is for the fellowship itself, which is yep. the, the group of people together, you know. And then uh, one of the themes is, you know. Which is the one that's. That's that's the Hobbit theme. That's the most beautiful one. Oh, it's the greatest. It's amazing. And if you look at it on if you look at it on a piano, it looks like the most basic thing in the world. Kelvin played it. It makes me so angry looking at this thing. It's this most it's the most genius arrangement of notes. It's so simple. It's I mean it's not actually simple, but it's simple to play. Really, if you want to just play the melody like that, like that's just you can play that all in white keys on the piano if you want to. Thinking of that score and they vary it up in all different oh, yeah. ways well that's that's one of the um one of the things that howard short specifically does is he creates these strong themes and mm. then he he brings them back in a lot and if you start to pay attention to the theme itself you'll think maybe he's being lazy or something because he, he's played that <laughs> theme like 20 times oh, in the last like 30 so minutes which is not that's an exaggeration he doesn't do that but he does use the same themes a lot because they indicate something and he'll play the same happy theme in a sad way right. and then you expected it to be happy, and you know what the happiness meant. So now you know what the sadness really means because it's in this different context. And um, specifically, the fellowship theme, he'll add more instruments the more people that are in the fellowship together. And then when wow. they start splitting off throughout the movie, he'll start dialing down. Like instead of three French horns, he'll go down to two French horns, oh, down to wow. one French horn. And the theme sounds a little bit more lonely, a little bit because there's less instruments all back. So fascinating. Yeah. And I'm literally humming it in my head, yeah. like, mm-hmm. especially those big booming yes. moments, which I'll totally screw up trying to do here. Oh, yeah. I love the, that one with the. Sorry, 
No, no, go on. I, I hate doing that to you. Well, that just came to my head. It's it's the dark undertone. Um, I think it's the one for either Sauron or it, it goes... Oh my God, how does it I'm go? I'm excited for this. I can't do <laughs> it. So, I can't so do it. I think it's a horn. I think it's a horn. It's like... You're talking about the horn of Gondor? Do, do, uh. do. No, it's like... A, I can't. Well, it's also <laughs> the power is like... Oh no, no, no. no it's, it's, none well, of the, us are going to be able to do it. It's like a really dark one. It's a dark one that's when the... Oh, it's when the either the Nazgul or the the bad guys are running off to them you were talking about like the nozzle are flying and maybe like the big dragon looking dude. but anyway look we're, we're gonna we're gonna completely screw it up <laughs> yeah, so look sorry. listeners <laughs> if you haven't download and listen to howard shaw's uh soundtrack yeah. for the lord of the rings yeah. it's absolutely it's phenomenal and it's interesting like thinking about that as you're watching i mean it, yeah. it kind of oh, yeah. takes you out of the movie a little bit to be honest yeah. if you're just sitting there thinking about right. the score and you're watching the movie but it can be a fun exercise uh, it's well i i watched those films the un you know the full oh. extended five hour versions yeah every year yeah. Okay. i just made my back wife watch those movies for the first time oh my goodness. like about two months ago we didn't do extended each one we did the extended in the last one mm. because it has the mouth of sauron in there and i feel like that's such a good scene that i didn't want to let that oh, go so but, yeah. i hate to say this i'll throw my wife the producer under the bus she's not a big fan of uh, the lord of the rings films yeah. which kind of breaks my heart yeah. a bit. <laughs> but we're both huge star wars geeks so at least i have fun fun a bridge <laughs> well just you're gonna say something yeah, there's, there's an interesting thing that howard shore does that um that John Williams actually does in every single film, which is as the credits are rolling in the beginning of the movie, he's going to play basically everything. All right. So um, I think the first time I noticed it was uh, Far and Away with Tom Cruise, which John did Williams did. Did he do that? John Williams. Oh, John did Williams yeah. did. Wow. I love that movie. John, <laughs> I, love, I, love. I think it's a great movie. Outdated. I it is outdated, but it's a movie. great movie. Anyway, Continue. so uh, the thing that's interesting is that in music, you, there's a part of you that wants to recognize. Uh, or know where it's going to go. Yeah, you don't want it true. to just be random, right? Like, that's why, like, the the most un, unhinged jazz is not that, you know, popular. You want to kind of be able to it's know true. where it's going to go and, and predict it, right? Right. And it's really interesting that in the beginning credits, spe- specifically John Williams, he'll play every theme pretty much back to back. And then you start to move. And when you hear the theme for, let's say, Luke Skywalker, you're like, wait, I heard that. I know right. that. Yeah. So then when it goes, it's seed. not a surprise. So and you true. know where it's going to go. And... Um, I find it really interesting that he does that because that, that recognition of music. And another interesting thing is that now with video on demand, they oftentimes cut the credits. That's true. You don't get to have the intro credits. Yeah, that's right. So and annoying. that whole that whole piece of this like overture that they made, right? Yeah. The yeah. overture is gone. Wow. And it's just an interesting. Yeah, that is. That well, look, we'll move on. But I will say, like, when I think of it, like. As a whole, the Lord of the Rings uh, soundtrack from um, Howard Shore is probably my favorite, just because it's consistency from start to to end. Yeah. I, I love the whole. Thing. Also, it's it's those are like that's the best book book adaptation ever made. So when ever. you watch that Phenomenal. movie, ever, those ever. movies with those music, it's it's hard to. And this is something that we we debate actually all the time. Is it's really hard to separate the music from the movie when you watched it. And we'll we'll talk about a theme we really love, like Jurassic Park or mm. or or concerning hobbits or something, and. The debate is like, is it actually that good or do we just love it because we loved it in context with the movie so much and it's kind of hard. That's one of those things that's kind what of hard. What was your verdict? Time. We don't really have one. I, well, my, I have my <laughs> it opinion. It is that good. No, I, in my opinion, um, that music, you wouldn't have that emotional tie with that music right. if it didn't go along with the picture. That, that doesn't make, it doesn't mean the music is not 
But you can also incredible. listen to a song without a movie, and you can listen to a melody line, and you can fall in love with it too without without a movie. Okay, no, that it. that's a good point though, because I became obsessed with the soundtrack after the movie. Yeah. So now when I listen to it, and that's a good point, I'm always thinking of the scenes. But I, I know exactly which scene that that set music sure. set goes to. And of course to. you can never undo that, but I have an opposite example where I was listening to, I was looking for a Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds song, which is Nick called Red right, Red right Hand. And so I search them on Spotify, and the first thing that comes up is not that song, but a song for Jesse from the Assassination of Jesse James soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, oh, let's check this. I'd never, never seen the movie, and a buddy of mine had begged me to watch it, and it looked, looked long and slow and boring or something. Fantastic film. Very long. I put it on, <laughs> and I listened to about 15 seconds of the song, and I stop it because I know I have to watch this in context. This, this music is so good that right. I cannot watch this without the movie. I'm going to spoil the movie if I listen to the music now. So Isn't like, that the, Morricone? No, that's no. um, that's Nick Cave and okay. Warren Ellis. Okay. Who did it? And uh, they were kind of writing buddies. They did uh, Hell, on, uh, Hell on High Water oh, and a couple other ones. Film. Also really good. Yeah. Yeah. But that's an example of, of I knew that music was so good. And obviously, it's going to be better. It's going to be better than some of its parts when I watch it with the movie. But I knew it was already amazing when I was listening to it in isolation, I think. So I think it yeah. can go both ways. It can, the, it can definitely go both ways. On sure. the flip side, it, you recently had a movie, or if there's a movie where you don't feel it fits, that really shows. Oh, like, that's jarring. It, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. The Shape one, of Water, yeah, Alessandra really Desplat. Like Did you guys uh, see that? Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. Okay, so the film's good, sure. and it won all the Oscars, yeah. and Alessandra Desplat won the... Uh, sorry if I'm saying his name wrong. He <laughs> won the Oscar oh, for the music. Um, I didn't like that music. It, mm. it, it felt like it should have been like, you know, Amelie, like it would fit a movie like Amelie. Like I heard that movie just basically was Amelie, right? It, yeah. <laughs> no, it was very inspired for sure. Uh, anyway, anyway, look, um, we'll, we'll move on because uh, we've still got a bit to cover. But yeah, yeah. that's a really good point. Sometimes well, uh, music can really just not can go disturb. with oh, the yeah. film. And I, did, I really uh, like Shape of Water was a good film. Um, but it was very, uh, very a very predictable, and b the music really bugged me. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. But but in Alexander Desplat's defense, I mean, like um, he did a theory of everything, right? Yeah. See, I that actually don't. That's a great film. It's I actually don't know his body of work, uh, and oh, that really I put think, me off. I him. think my, in my top five movies, and my I think one of my favorite scores of all time is the Grand Budapest Hotel, which that's he did. Amazing. So good. Which was yeah. that is fantastic. Actually, that's I mean, incredible. Okay, did he well, do there you Ping go. Island too, or no? No. This is somebody else. No, else. All right. Well, I'll check them out a bit more then. I don't want to you know, say anything negative. It was just that particular movie. Okay. This next guy, um, I didn't really know. But then I see his body of work, um, James Horner. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, no. so he's... No, he's I didn't. Titanic. Well, he's... So he's James Cameron's go-to and guy. he died on a plane. And he's Ron Howard's go-to guy. Wow. He's so morbid. Sorry. Yeah, he did. He died in a plane crash really like a few years ago. Yeah. So he... Look, he did Titanic, Avatar... Aliens, mm-hmm. Braveheart, Braveheart, Braveheart. Yeah, that's an incredible score. Fantastic. You'd be proud um, of me, Tony. I actually knew this. He one. did Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Two, The <laughs> Wrath of Khan. He did I The did Land the, Before Time. He did Star Trek. He did Apollo Thirteen. Amazing. A Beautiful Mind. That actually is great a soundtrack. great soundtrack. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Meh. I don't care about Ransom, <laughs> which is a really underrated uh, Ron Howard Ransom's film. Great. Yeah. The Missing. He did Willow. <gasps> Like one of Vienna's best films. Yeah. I don't remember the music from that at all. Yeah, Kelvin's been so banging much. on it. So I haven't actually seen Willow. You seen Willow? I saw like yeah. five minutes of it when I was a kid. Mad and uh, I saw yeah. somebody, like, it was like a dwarf throwing, or a little person throwing acorns. <laughs> don't say yeah. a dwarf. I don't know. That's what he was called in the movie, people. right? It's true. That, that's what he was called he in the movie. He called him that. He called him a dwarf, right? Yeah. I'm not trying to be 
And no, I just called... saw somebody throwing acorns, and I was like, I was knew I was too grown up for this movie, even at like. Eight. Look, that film is super corny and cheesy, and it's a film they could remake because yeah, it could. really hasn't stood the test of time. But because I saw I it when know. I was a kid, I nah. love it. And like, I love would you it like so them to redo too. Labyrinth, for example? No, never. Nah, so because of David Bowie, though, that, that right. never-ending okay. story, they could remake. Dark Crystal. Would you want them to redo? No, because it's all Muppets. They don't need to. I would not redo Willow. Do not redo Willow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Producers um, and directors, if you're listening, do not. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying. I, yeah. It is. It is one you should but we watch. It. Okay. It's, it's a great film. I, I'm Kilmer. big on the '80s fantasy sci-fi stuff, so mm. I'll just. I'll... Fuck you. Just, nice. just George, sit it's George. It. It's George Lucas did bad... Star Wars, and then he did Willow yeah, and Ron I mean, Howard. Yeah, directed it. Two text one one three. When I was totally little, it was like my giving favorite. Giving her a hard time. No, I know. It's totally fine. Um, but I, I wanted love, to be named Sosha, and I wanted. Yeah, the chick is gorgeous. Okay, good. Let's continue. He did. So we're on. Who we on? James Horner. Okay, he did. Manji. Yeah. He did, which, is, awesome. uh, which is good. He did Troy. Not a great film, but which the, one, the original? No, no, Troy with, with Brad, Pitt. Uh, Brad Pitt and uh, Eric Varner. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Sorry. He did Apocalypto. Amazing. Now, that is a Actually fucking amazing. underrated masterpiece from Mel Gibson. Oh, you still need to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Such it's I don't think that movie's for everybody. No, yeah. it's about the Mayan civilization. Here's what's There's so, not a lot of dialogue. It's well, a lot look, of I'm gonna digress. Yeah. When I watched that movie, I, I, I know I'm gonna sound like a total idiot. I almost thought they were like real Mayans. Like oh, it yeah. was that realistic to yeah, me because yeah. very... the cast is completely unknown. It transported me to that Mayan there, There's very little dialogue. It's it's kind of a visually visceral mm-hmm. uh, movie and it's very really easy. brutal. Yeah, it's extremely <laughs> it's brutal. The Mayans were it, the it's happiest. It's very famous. I don't, I don't know. If it's I actually it. not. That's the thing. Well, I've, I've heard Probably about from it from me, all yeah. Well, it's Mel Gibson. So yeah. it's not like unknown. Uh, anyway, it's incredible. Legends of the Fall, Filled of Dreams, Commando. Okay, okay. Classic. The classic score from Commando and Kroll. Where's Sully? I let him go. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's pretty cool. So I, I didn't know that. I I knew James Horner had done Titanic. Titanic but is did, kind of his... Yeah, but his. what I'm saying is I didn't know his body of work. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, I mean, that's very diverse. Yeah, if I can just hear... I can just hear his... He had like... His signature strings sound like mm-hmm. they're the lush strings of the '90s yeah. or whatever, which you have in like Legends of the Fall yeah. and Braveheart. Yeah. And um, it's funny because we haven't really talked about this at all in this episode, but we're talking about um, scoring and composing, but we haven't talked about orchestration at all. And Talk about that. Well, like one thing uh, that's interesting. Also, we're talking about um, Lord of the Rings. You have that simple melody, mm-hmm. but then he'll play it on like a duduk or like some some weird flute or something or he'll use like an irish drum or, yeah. or like well the hobbits but, are like he, he i mean J- james horner specifically did um howard shore sorry did uh, he did a lot of thematic instruments for the character and the hobbits are very mm-hmm. irish based and themed right. so there's a lot of irish style like hang irish uh, hang drums and stuff it's called a bodrum i think yeah um yeah flutes that kind of stuff yeah. and but it's just interesting because you'll have you'll have the same the same theme essentially played differently so it's orchestrated and you'll it's just like um john williams will do that we'll have the whole orchestra play you know well he has like dun, what, 32 dun, dun, piece you know? set right yeah. well that's that's most of these guys though right. the, like even james horner as well right? yeah. Oh, yeah i mean any even we uh not that we did it but the when we recorded the ennio morricone piece it was a 32 piece really orchestra as well god so. that, how did that feel it sounded amazing. So yeah. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay, good. Let's see. Um, I think we're kind of winding down. Um, but I've still got a few more I want to discuss. This is fun, guys. Okay, I think this is your boy that you guys mentioned, uh, Michael Giacchino. It's Giacchino. Giacchino. Yeah. So, uh, and he's kind of a newer guy. I think but he's, he's my new favorite. Actually. Well, he's J.J. Yeah. Abrams' go-to guy. Yeah. So he and did. The, yeah. So he did the, exactly. That's Bird. what I was going to say. So he did cool. Lost. 
Alias and Fringe, all those yep. TV shows. <gasps> he did um, Mission Impossible 3, Ghost Protocol. And then you're right. He's like the Pixar guy. Yeah. The Ghost Protocol, which was Brad Bird, because he does all of Brad Bird's movies, right. including Ratatouille. Mm. He's a Pixar guy. Yeah. And Up. I think we did Up. No, he didn't. Yeah, he, no, he did, did do. He did yeah, Up. Yeah. He did Star Trek Into Darkness, Super 8, Inside Out, oh, Utopia, um, Inside Out. Uh, Dawn, and War for the Planet of the Apes. He did Jurassic World, Star Wars, Rogue One, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man Homecoming, The Incredibles, and Coco. Yeah, he's, he's, Coco, come on. Oh. Yeah, the yeah, Coco. Fantastic was, music. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, I don't, he didn't, he didn't write, write Remember, remember me, me. I know, but still, yeah. it's just... Uh, so, like, there's a... I am sorry, I wasn't the biggest fan of Remember Me, but the music as a whole was great. Uh, uh, they're looking at me with those kill me eyes. I haven't even seen The Greatest Showman, but I loved that song. So I haven't yeah, seen it. I haven't yeah. seen it either. Yeah, it, got, it's like, it got kind of slammed it's on like her favorite. Right? Oh, but she loves it. It was funny. It had, uh, like, the uh, the critics trashed it yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. They didn't and trash it, it, but it was like, meh. Well, you like you were telling me, and a lot of people were like... I was really excited. It looked like the Prestige Part 2. And then I went, and I went back. Twice. Oh, it's wow. a, oh, it's I a huge it so sensation. Yeah. It okay. made four hundred million dollar from worldwide from like beautiful. word of mouth. I like everybody involved in that project. I just and I was really excited. And this, I'm starting to trust Rotten Tomatoes a little bit less nowadays, I just because it seems very oh, yeah. volatile. Yeah. That's a whole other subject. I'm going to do a whole episode on yeah, that. Yeah, good. Um, but, but definitely, so, please, please. Okay, yeah. You okay, so it. hold on. How do I say this guy's name? Because you're right. I think we should put him on the spotlight. Like, he's kind of an exciting. It's Mike, Michael Giacchino. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but it's um, spelt like, differently. He, he, there's a few themes that he has done. Like so, you've all seen Up, right? Yes. All right. Beautiful. So do you remember that first ten minutes where everybody yeah. cried? Yeah. Opening right. sequence so is incredible. I skipped the first ten minutes. So I figured Are I didn't you need serious? It. I walked in late, you know. No, of course I'm I saw kidding. it. I'm what? It's the best part of the it's whole like the film. Best it's one of the movie. best sequences in movie history. Yeah, and that theme, that theme is just—it's both modern and classic, yeah. and it's—it's. It's, so incredible! I've heard that piece so many wow. times. It's just amazing. Well, it tells a story. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, That's the thing. Perfectly. Like, for example, I don't know if you remember. There's like at one point in the cartoon, there's like a tornado or something, mm-hmm. and you hear in the music it goes do 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 do. Like, and you get this like, yeah. it sounds like so good. A depiction a of a yeah. It's yeah. like an audio story play kind yeah. of like a musical story play a little bit. Um, and then. And so that piece is amazing. And uh, and one of the pieces that we, we, we when we test monitors, because we constantly, you know, upgrading our equipment. Mo- whatever, monitors, you mean our speakers and our... Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, sorry. Okay. So you use for monitoring, like they're higher quality, you have a better range. You can hear like a lot of small variations in dynamics and stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. So when we're testing equipment, um, there's one piece that we almost always test, which is uh, Star Trek... Enterprising Young Men. Enterprising Young Men, because it's just... And it's funny, I went to see um, John Williams last year. Is that from the first? It's from the first, yeah. Star Trek, okay. J.J. Yeah. Abrams, yeah. great film. Um, when I went to see John Williams, he opened up with that piece. The concert. Wow. The concert. Yeah. Like, well, so your your private piece. dinner with John Williams. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, <laughs> he hummed it, actually. He hummed the theme for Calvin. Yeah. Are you serious? serious? No, 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 no. I wish. But anyway, it was just, it was a, first of all, it's amazing. John Williams is going to play your theme, so that's like huge yeah. honor. But that piece is one of the only pieces where it feels like the entire orchestra is playing at the same time anyway you'll listen to it later and we can maybe link link to uh it's yeah. not it's like playing over your phone is like dude does not yeah. do it the yeah. song yeah. is uh it should be listened to with any sort of whatever the best setup you can but enterprising young men is this really dynamic and like, and like that made me watch the star trek movies yeah. you know wow. and i hadn't watched them yet it kind of you know a little reboot fatigued at that time when those when the first one came out, you know. I'll so, check that out. Yeah. I actually love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, they're great. They're great. I just yeah. I'm just saying at the time there was like people rebooting Hulk oh, and Spider Man and all stuff. Yeah. And just, 
or like what he did for the Incredibles, and like he oh, managed yeah. to I make so a good. new Cass. sound to kind of retro because they're trying to do like that sort of yeah. old heroes thing, and he made it like a neo retro soundtrack. It was so like, and it was anyway. It's such it's such it's such a fascinating culture. subject. It really is, guys. All right, let's see. I, I'm loving this, but alas, we can't be here all night. But let's see. There's a few more, and then I want to give you guys the opportunity if there's any others you can think of. Um, all right, shout out to our 80s boy, uh, Vangelis, Vangelis. Yeah. Uh, he, he only did two. He did Blade Runner and Chariots of Fire. Right. But, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, what, 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 so what good. good, like if you only yeah. were going to do two movies as a Chariots of Fire. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. Hum it. That was terrible. Listen to it. I have a memory of that. My sister did a ballet piece to that, and I remember I was watching it. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's really cute. No, that's also ridiculous. Beautiful though. Here's what's crazy. It worked really well. So, Chariots of Fire is like this you know, snobby three-hour British movie that won the Oscar that a lot of people have forgotten about. Yeah. Have you guys seen the film? Because a lot of, everyone remembers the theme I from Vangelis. I saw it once, a long time okay, ago. Okay, so did I, and I didn't remember it all. I watched that film last year, and it fucking blew me away. Mm. The film is phenomenal. The music is great too, but the film was great. I was so surprised how much I enjoyed it. Um, and then Blade Runner, I mean, come on. Of course. It's, yeah. it's just, so good. and I agree with you, Calvin. Blade Runner is like one of my old, I watched Blade Runner when I was five years old. Yeah. I don't know how or why, but I, I did. I watched it young and I thought it was the most boring thing in the world. Oh. And then I watched it again um, after I became an adult and I realized why this movie is like so revered, such a cult classic and it didn't do well in theaters, but the, at all. Yeah. yeah. Just like 2049. Yeah. But it, is, yeah. But it, it will the, stand it is, the test it, of time. 100%. 2049 will make, will make money forever. Yeah. And just yeah. like the original Blade Runner did. I think. Absolutely. And it, Blade Runner is like the ultimate um, science film. fiction. Oh, that's it. Oh, yeah. It's the most science fiction movie I can yeah. think of. Well, right. Space the, Odyssey, I don't know. Well, what, well see, yeah, see, I, we could go on the whole roll. Space Odyssey is visually stunning to look dun, at. Dun, dun, but I have absolutely dun, dun, fucking dun. no clue what's going on. Yeah, the music for yeah. that is incredible. Yeah. Who did the score dun, for Space Odyssey? It was, uh, I don't know, it was in, like just Hans Gustav's The Planets, right? I thought it was yeah. Mars, Bring of War. Yeah. But that, right. he, he didn't compose it. That was just an old classical, okay, old modern it. classical, mm. anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, let's see. So I, I had a few more here that I, I kind of had to mention. Okay, Trent Reznor. I think oh, sure. has, has done well, really him well. And Atticus so, Ross, yeah. yeah. So him exactly. So it's Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, which is so funny. He's the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails. Mm. He's like David Fincher's go-to guy. Right. He did Social Network. He yeah. did Gone Girl, his, which his is version, actually underrated. Gone Girl is fantastic, and the yeah. score actually worked really well. With Gone Girl, mm. his version of In the Hall of the Mountain King oh God, in Social stress. Network. Remember the uh, the canoe when they're doing the and he did this kind of modern. It sounds a little Nine Inch Nailsy, but my favorite one is the bruise, the one he won the Oscar for, like the with the the with the. Oh yeah, sure. It's so simple but so moving. Um, and I, again, I have that on my phone. I can't remember the name of that track from the Social Network. Yeah, it's so. Subtle and simple, but very powerful. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, he's and Trent Reznor is actually. If you watch any of his behind-the-scenes stuff, or he did this uh, project called like um, Music City or something, it was him and 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 Home from Queens of the Stone Age oh, and wow. a couple of other guys just kind of doing music and raising awareness for some old music. I don't really remember. I just remember looking at the songs they were doing, and they right. do that. He does this really good minimalistic kind of, even with his chord progressions and stuff that really evoke emotion and he has really good um taste for instruments i think yeah he, he, does that. he did the girl with the dragon tattoo and he did uh, patriot's day 
which again, that's another underrated film with Mark Wahlberg because yeah. it got completely mismarketed. I didn't see that one, Peter. It's it fucking really fantastic. Yeah. It's totally mismarketed as like this Mark Wahlberg action movie. Yeah, that's what that film is deep. Hmm. Oh, it's really good. Um, all right, boys, don't worry. I'm, uh, damn it, actually, I have quite a few more, but we're, we're going to roll through them. Alan Sil- uh, Silvestri, Vestry, yeah. Uh, yeah. he's Robert Zemeckis' yeah. go-to Forrest guy. Gump. Yes. Forrest Gump, I mean, that, that's just an yeah, incredible score. Castaway. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So Castaway, uh, let's mention that. And again, we can't go too deep into these because uh, uh, we're running uh, on time here. But um, like when he's on the island for like 40 minutes, no music. I was going to say that's a very music light movie to exactly. pick, right? You know. And then when he leaves and then he loses Wilson, the ball yeah. that you care about, the music swells. Right. And that's when the music starts. Incredible. But um, Alan Silvestri did The Avengers, Forrest Gump, Castaway, Predator, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Back to the Future. Well, wow. the, back, back to the, the Future, future is, 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 is to me. Is, How's that go? I mean, that should be memorable. Um, man, I can play it on piano. I can't I really I love... Get... I, I mean, I know that dun, music. I just can't remember dun, it. Dun, 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 oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. you got it. Dun, 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 I know that. Dun, 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 he, does this, he does this musical dun, 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 dun. Right, theory <laughs> thing with it where he plays a certain scale slightly altered which oh, like yeah, a scale yeah. is the notes that you're playing That's that so all true. sound cohesive together he plays in the lydian mode a lot so What's uh that? lydian mode is just where you take the fourth note in your scale and you raise it up Okay. One key on the piano, for okay. example, and uh, that's what he's doing with the Back to the Future theme. And it's mm-hmm. it's a mo- it's like it's not like a trick; it's just a way to play music. And it's very common when you're doing music and movie themes. It's fascinating. That are very protagonist driven. Yeah, E.T. does it really good. John Williams does it okay. a lot, and uh, it's to me like one of the best uses is the Back to the Future thing. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You see what I mean? See, this is why I stopped at like just a dozen because yeah. they're body yeah. of work. So a few others. John Barry, I yeah. had to mention because well, he James did eleven Bond. James Bond movies. Yeah. He did the James Bond theme. Sure. How's that go? Dun- Okay, good. Yeah, I mean that's so iconic. Yeah, there you go. That's amazing. He did Midnight Cowboy. He did Chaplin, which is a great film with Robert Downey Jr. And he did Dances with Wolves, which is a song. Yes. John Powell. So he's Paul Greengrass, uh, Greengrass's go-to guy. He did all the Bourne films. He did Face Off. He did Ants, Shrek, Ice Age, How to Train Your Dragon, which actually has beautiful music. Yeah, it, it actually, that it came really out, does. that was one of those, because that was DreamWorks, and that's mm-hmm. where you like, you don't have the highest hopes with every DreamWorks yeah. movie that comes Love out. But every movies. now and then they do, like uh, Kung Fu Panda is also came Yeah, out, he did that really too. Good. He did yeah. Kung Fu Panda, yeah. Rio, and Happy Feet. Yeah. So Kung those, Fu, are those Kung all Kung DreamWorks? Panda, two or three was Hans Zimmer. There's two. Uh, oh, there's three now. There's three. Yeah. There's three. Yeah. I think the third one is Zimmer. Oh, yeah. really? I, was, I don't know. It's great. I, I love that I just know too. because of uh, Trey. Remember yeah. Trey was... Yeah. yeah. All right, great. let's see. James Newton Howard. So he's M. Night Shyamalan's yeah. go-to guy. Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah, I always mispronounce it, even if I know how to say it. Um, even though we love the movies. <laughs> well, so some of them, anyway. Yeah, so he yeah, did all so. his films, The Sixth Sense. Yeah. He did Hunger Games, The Fugitive, Pretty Woman, you know, which is kind of a What about Dark Knight? He, Did he, he do that? Co-write, he oh, co-wrote he, that with Hans I think Zimmer. he co-did it. Okay, yeah, good. I mean, come on. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, that's like one of the like biggest if soundtracks we get, ever. Of course. The, we, in, in, in composing, you'll get something called temp music, which is where they'll take the scenes that they want you to put music to, and they'll put in temporary music. So they give mm. you the kind of tone and feel of, which we hate temp music is the bane of our existence, because <laughs> it means two things. It means, A, now your the creativity of how you would approach a sing scene is kind of being taken out a little bit um. because, you know, you maybe have a totally different idea for it, but they put in the inception theme or whatever right 
And then the other thing is they have an expectation now set to this like $10 million score, uh, the dark Knight, and the dark Knight is like, that's the most probably tempt in Hollywood music of all really? time. It's the dark Knight score. Oh, People wow. just temp it for everything. It's and, very, it's very driven and intense. And it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right. Let's see. Uh, Thomas Newman. Yeah. He's Sam yeah. Mendes's go-to guy. Some great films, really random girls. Just want to have fun. Real genius. The Lost Boys, uh-huh. Scent of a Woman, Little Women, American Beauty, Road to Perdition. Yeah, sure. Mm. Incredible. Also, music. American Beauty when they do yeah. the that oh, yeah. scene with the bag and all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. the bag blowing it's and the wind. Yeah. yeah, it's true actually. Uh, Skyfall, Shawshank Redemption, wow. yeah. uh, Green Mile, Finding Nemo, Wally, and The Help. So and that's he, pretty interesting. I did Wally, yeah. and he did, and he did. Uh, isn't he the one who did Bridge of Spies? He probably did. He sorry, did I, did, or, I, uh, yeah, I didn't like that film very much. So. Really? Yeah, sorry. I liked the movie it. a lot. The music, yeah. I, was I was waiting for John Williams, yeah. and, and you got a different style. It's the which... first Spielberg movie you watched without John That's Williams, crazy. and it was very jarring. I didn't like it. <laughs> Because I, I really liked the movie, but I felt that the the sound was a little dead. And he and like, he's a very he's a very talented composer. I mean, like well, I'm not trying to. Yeah, we're, compa- no, we're, comparing yeah. John, oh, totally. we're comparing him to John Williams. But yeah. you're also you're, expe- you're expecting it's a that's a very Spielberg style movie. I would say it in terms of visually and tone and totally. Tom Hanks and yeah. you know, all that stuff. And, it just wasn't for me for some yeah. reason. I was surprised. Yeah. But um, okay, good. Um, this guy. Uh, I mean, I'm British, so I gotta you know give him some respect. I don't know how you guys probably know him, but he's probably not well known at all as a composer. John Murphy. So he did a tw- uh, 28 Days Later. Right. I love yeah, that Yeah, in, in the House in a Heartbeat is like one of the greatest Oh, my God. Piece. Thank you. Yeah. I, so, again, that's on my phone, and I'll listen to that's, it that's, weekly. That's a really good uh, example of how to do uh, suspense build without oh just throwing in a bunch of noise. Remember when I had you watch 28 Days Later mm-hmm. with Killian Murphy mm-hmm. and that scene The way they do the guitar work and all that stuff. He just goes batshit crazy, so and he saves the girls. Yeah. yeah. That's when that music yeah. just swells and, and swells. It starts, oh. And it's just, and it's he's doing the same kind of like, da, 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 and he's right. building that. And oh, it's it just so good. So good. Amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. that's super talented. Yeah. But he did Kick Ass as right. well. I yeah. love mm-hmm. that movie. He did Sunshine, which is a Danny and this, Boyle. And the music film. for Sunshine is also fantastic. Yeah. So he's like Danny Boyle's kind of go to guy. Oh, <laughs> the music. No, the music. For, you don't like it? No, no. no, no he, good, every good. time I mention the movie Sunshine, Kelvin will say Sunshine. There's, an, there's another movie. There's another movie called Sunshine with Ray Fiennes. Oh. About a, fence, a, a Hungarian fencing guy. And it's, his name is Sunshine. <laughs> that sounds boring. So, well, that's it's amazing. I'm sure it's a good movie but I hate it no matter what I love that movie joke. Sunshine is an underrated film from Danny Boyle and the, oh, it's amazing. I mean, and it's, the music score is beautiful I, so I think part of why Sunshine kind of didn't get as much love as it should have because visually I mean it's Danny Boyle I mean it's a lot of bloom a lot of light right. and the music is fantastic beautiful. the third act kind of gets a little comical it, yeah, so um, I still really I, I'm very happy that that movie exists because I love yeah, and I love fan. any Danny I like, I'm just a big Danny Boyle fan so and the, yeah, you're right. The music in there is really Yeah, and then he's kind of like Guy Ritchie's uh, music guy as well. Because he did Snatch and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Although I have to say, I don't. the music's not really It's memorable. a lot of fast-paced kind of modern yeah. stuff. Which is, it's really good for, for the movie. But it's not, it's not the most memorable stuff. I remember uh, Snatch had a lot of that... Um... Didn't they have that like gypsy folk music? It was really fast. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's like that's right. Very, totally. Like, um, Super yeah. up tempo. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it makes me sad because I love those movies. Oh, they're great. Uh, yeah, and, but they don't stand the test of time. Snatch. So well. I could go back and watch any day. Really? Watching Brad Pitt just mumble as a pikey <laughs> is like the greatest. I thing. watched it last year. <laughs> okay. And, didn't uh, love it. Okay. You know, I, I, look, I still liked it, but I just didn't love it, and I loved those movies. Yeah. They're like. British classics. Yeah. Um, anyway, I've got a few notes. Um, I'm pretty. I'm kind of done on the 
spotlighting the actual composers, um, but there are some other films where just the music score. So I'm not doing soundtracks. That's a, that's a different episode. Of course, and that's, a, that's a different um, completely. We've done yeah. some music supervisor work where you that's the person's uh, whose the job songs. it is to figure out the right. And that's a totally different skill, right, and no. it's a—I mean, it's not totally different. There's some overlap, but it's a very, um, a very important job. Right. And yeah, so we're talking about composition here. Okay, Oblivion to me is totally yeah, underrated. M83, yeah. M83. The f- well, here's what's funny: the film a lot of people don't like. When I saw it initially, I was like, "Yeah," and I like the music. I've gone back and seen that. I actually really like that's it. One now. Our, that's one of our. That's one of our. I love uh, it. We're now. big fans of Oblivion. Yeah. Specifically, I wasn't at first. We saw it in. I think we saw it in. I don't know if we saw it in IMAX or something. You've seen Oblivion, right? Mm, yeah, we saw it in IMAX and watching Oblivion oh, is a visually, IMAX, visually it would have been good. Yeah, I, liked it. I liked it. The I saw it in a small theater. Really it. It's in that movie maybe 15 times. Yeah. Nice. Wow. I've it's, seen it four or five. And as I said, now I really like it yeah. and the soundtrack yeah. is so Listen, underrated. It's, it's this really lush, full kind of spectrum. That swimming massive, pool scene? Yeah. It's this the massive music? sound in, in theater in IMAX. It's just, that was fantastic. Yeah. And I love I love that trend with Daft Punk doing Tron and Oi, M83. Sorry, did I jack it from you? Well, no, you, okay. you kind of gave me a clue Yeah, already. well, M83 <laughs> for Oblivion, fantastic. And then I was going to say, so Tron Legacy is not a great movie. The music yeah. is fucking so awesome. I saw that on opening night at uh, El Capitan, and I was so excited about it. I, I'm a huge Daft Punk fan, so I was very really excited about watching it and they have a cameo in it as well they do yeah in oh, tron legacy yeah but when the, so when he's on his yeah, motorcycle uh, in the real world and he's you know zipping through traffic and he has that that arpeggiator play yeah. that i was like oh i was just like i was i was just, like couldn't, <laughs> i was so happy i'm in the theater just big smile like fantastic. Oh. my favorite is when uh, michael sheen that whole scene with him where he does his whole like crazy thing. Oh yeah, and the music at the bar, the weird future bar, Daft Punk, Punk cameo, and yeah, the, the music. That part is incredible. But that's an amazing. Yeah. Again, the film. I we it's visually pretty cool, but it's just not a great film. But the music is fantastic. Yeah. Drive. Yeah, sure. The, the music good. score, this eighties kind of synth. Which I you start to get that. into a little bit of more soundtracky when you talk when you talk about because Night right. Call is like the big song that and that um, I don't know the name of the song but it's the oh, real the human heroes. being yeah 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 so that kind of becomes where Night Call becomes feels very score kind of sorry tell me this shut up so Night Call which is Kavinsky which is another French artist um, is that uh, is that very heavy synth one right that's like the big song and that I mean it probably blew. Vinsky up, I'm sure he's very happy that um, he got featured in that movie. And the rest of the music is really good in Drive. But you guys like Drive, right? Of yeah. course. Yeah, People either love it or hate it. Oh, like she, she's not a fan. Oh, yeah. and I Anything with Oscar it. Isaac in is just... Yeah. Is just uh, I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. I'm going to watch it again. It's so brutal, yeah. but so When good. Oscar Isaac comes to him and goes like, so I heard you've been helping around. Yeah. That's <laughs> he's nice. So, he has he's this so threatening. Yeah, Dude, have you seen Sucker Punch? He's so good in that movie. Again, people don't love that film. It's Zack Snyder. I didn't see it. Sucker Punch. I you saw Sucker it. Punch on a recommendation. Watch yeah. I never Punch. watched it. A, I actually like the whole movie. And the Zach, music's great, but I'm a, I'm a big Isaac. Zack Snyder fan, but um, oh, so I feel like he that was the movie where like people let him do what he wanted, and then he created the prequels or whatever, oh, right? Absolutely. Isn't that what <laughs> Sucker Punch is? It's just a batshit crazy okay. uh, film. I actually like it, and Oscar Isaac is an incredible film. Sure, sure. It was the first film I saw him, and I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. This guy is going to go places. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, Chemical Brothers, Hannah. 
Oh, have yeah. you seen that yeah. movie yeah. with yeah. Sasha Ronan? That, that, they have this Dude. side-scrolling painting scene, and it's this whistling melody, and I can't whistle it. Yes, that's right. And uh, the bad guy, I forget the guy's name, he was in um, Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He's a British guy, Beckett, yeah. and he's like this gay assassin. Yeah, and he's so he's tapping, Ugh. he's holding this like metal pipe, and you're doing this like side pan through these um crate shipping crates and everybody's being kind of held hostage in them as he's whistling this and then he's like tapping the it's this gorgeous scene it's just yeah. a whistling scene on youtube yeah, i so, watch that probably once every couple of months yeah right so chemical brothers um do the whole soundtrack for hannah again that's an underrated movie and that's another soundtrack that i play on shuffle every week especially yeah. that whistling yeah. theme i mm. apps it's called the enter the sandman or the sandman or something okay. like that it's so good um, let's see. I'm I'm almost done. Um, okay, and then I I had to say John Carpenter, obviously. Oh, yeah. So you're right. He I mean that whole simp thing, and then it's not a movie, but the Stranger yeah. Things theme from Kyle Dixon sure. and Michael Stein. Um, yeah, I was Duffer Brothers Boys. I was listening to that for a, a year. You Didn't know, he do it was Halloween. Huh? Didn't John Carpenter do Halloween? John Carpenter did. did oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because I thought that was actually really impressive. Yeah. So I heard, I don't know how true this is, but I it heard like that. Those urban uh, legends. Yeah, it's an urban legend. But what is it? Uh, so, John Carpenter, apparently, for his first movie, couldn't, they, the studio wouldn't give him enough money for um, a composer. So, I don't know how true this is, but it, it sounds it sounds like a cool story. And uh, so, he pulled out a synth and did it himself. That's crazy. He banged it out. You know, he's got like four or five albums. Yeah, he tours. Yeah, yeah he, he tours. He tours. Yeah. I, I almost begged my wife to go to a tour and see him last year, but it was either him or Stranger Things. Oh, so okay. I went and saw um, Kyle Dixon doing the Stranger Things thing. I saw it at the, um, what's that hotel downtown? The Ace Hotel. Oh, yeah. I was so disappointed. Oh, really? Because when you watch um, like that type of performance, like a synth thing, Live, it's it, a lot of art. It's a lot of, it, it it's a lot of drum machines and arpeggiators. Well, so what happened? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just right. finish though. No, it's okay. We, uh, I'll Seems let like you make a defense. But <laughs> we were sitting at the back, and I was so excited because I love the Stranger Things yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, so much. And they come out, all the lights dim. We can't see anything. They perform for like an hour and a half. I can't hear most of it. And then they walk off stage. They didn't interact with the audience once. I was yeah. so disappointed. And Dali fell asleep within 15 minutes. Oh, and I love the soundtrack. But so I, don't, I, don't know that that's, I don't know that's, a, that's just because of the type of music. Because like Bowie was saying, I, like I've seen Jean-Michel Jarre in concert. Who is that? So Jean-Michel Jarre is... You've One mentioned of, this guy. Yeah, it's a French synth a artist uh, from like the early 70s up, up to now. He pioneered a lot of uh, modern his, synth stuff. His father was an incredible uh, composer, by the way. He's the one who did Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, um, wow. Uh, Dr. Zivago. Zivago. Um, anyway, Zivago. A, amazing composer. And, and Jean-Michel Jarre is famous for synth music. I mean, if you were to probably, I think he outsold anybody Make else. Make sure you spell out his name for me afterwards. Yeah. So I'd love to well, check him out. Um, yeah, I'm not going to hum his, his, his stuff. Go on, do it's it. Too, it's too unknown. Yeah, nobody, it's kind nobody of knows like it. Carpenter. It's, it's, no, no, no. Yeah. It's, no it's, I'm going to, this is from an American perspective. He's super talented and um, he definitely uh, in, created a lot of cool ways to perform and show synth music and was the biggest, most selling synth artist probably of all time. If you listen to his older stuff now, it can sound a little dated. It'd be really? the way that I would I say gotcha. it. Yeah, but uh, t to me, I I so I really enjoy that, and I like the old synth. And one of the things that they liked in Stranger Things is that they actually used old synth like a Juno yeah, right. six yeah. or yeah, yeah, they had a so Juno good. six or eight or whatever. And is that uh, a synthesizer? Yeah, right? it's a type. It's of a classic old you, model. You, you yeah. if you played anything on it, you'd be like, oh, I've heard this a thousand yeah. times. Wow. Yeah. So 
when people try to simulate that sound, and that's kind of my critique of uh, you know 2049, Blade Runner, the new Blade Runner, it, it feels like I wish there was more of that gritty. They were at the time they were trying to simulate you know strings or horns, and like and it sounded totally wonky and synthy, mm-hmm. but that's kind of that's kind of what made you know the original Blade Runner soundtrack and like that those like those horns that Vangelis uses or Vangelis. Um, they're so they're from that time and they really I don't know so when you try to replace that right. with better sounding horns you're like well that's not the point you that's know? interesting mm. what I loved about the Stranger Things theme and we'll, we'll wind down now boys but um, it didn't feel like a rip off it didn't feel like it was yeah. you know it felt kind of unique and original to me oh it's the, totally original the kids theme oh yeah from Stranger Things that's the one that again I just listened to but look okay that's what I have are there any other kind of um movies that have music compositional composers or anything that you guys feel like I left out? I mean, enlighten us. I got some sleepers, but they're like people that have done like one movie. There's a movie called Beyond the Black Rainbow. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, yeah. So wacky. Oh, man. I really like... So do you remember the music from that? They have this crazy organ stuff. So that's like a... I think it's a dude named Sonoa. I just uh, saw that a few months ago. Yeah. And it's this crazy... Don't watch that. Anymore. Energetic. <laughs> it's a little spooky. It's kind of this '60s LSD project gone oh, bad, and oh now it's been kind of abandoned. And so now we're in the '80s, it's and we're very kind of dealing with it now. Sure. It's okay. visually completely stunning. It's a little uneven. It's kind of got this '80s uh, mode to it, specifically with the music, and it's just so good that soundtrack. So that's like beyond the black rainbow. Nobody's listened to really, but it's got no this crazy electric <laughs> organ stuff. And, uh, you know, that's one movie that I would shout out, I guess, as far as like having a really good score that people probably wouldn't have heard of. Great. What about you, Calvin? Um, well, this single, is your moment to shine. No, it's not. If, I, if I were to, if I were to do like my best, I don't know. I mean, we've, we've covered almost every uh, major composer. Anyone I missed. Um, not really. It's I'd, not say, I'd, say it's, I'd, say, I'd say it's more, um, actual soundtracks like i think um like we talked about a lot of very thematic uh, john williams but i think my favorite john williams is um schindler's list mm-hmm. schindler's list which is right. less because it's not you know action and all that so it's very mm. it's much sadder and I like, powerful like, it's really like that's uh, i was kind of curious to, to ask you guys like if you were to sit down and listen to a whole score from start to finish which probably doesn't happen lord that of often the rings. Yeah, lord so of lord of the rings is definitely one of lord those of rings, for yeah. me uh schindler's list is definitely one of those so you could listen to the whole thing oh, see there are finish. parts that are too slow and too kind of depressing it's kind of like listening to an album yeah. though you know you listen to like a kanye west album and like some of the songs aren't the best i'm a big kanye west fan by the way so uh, you are yeah oh yeah he's a, you, you realize he's a, you just promoted me, just that listen to live. listen to my beautiful everyone in the world. listen to my beautiful yeah. dark twisted fantasy of the life of pablo oh, i have just listen to the album <laughs> Take he's some time out of your life, Tony. Crazy, if you're listening. Oh no! no As no, a no, person, no. he's 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 hold got on, issues. Right before we went completely off the deep end, there's a lot of great stuff in his yeah. earlier albums, yeah. and yeah. that is actually a good album. Really good. But I, yeah. so it, yeah. there are when you listen to a, a full score, yeah, there are there are parts. Yeah, they're a little bit slow, but they're just kind of like telling part of the story, and it's a slower part of the story. You know, you got to give people time to breathe. So I think when you're listening to Schindler's List or something, you know, that's your it's your time to reflect. I mean, not that you're reflecting every single time you're listening to the score, but that's your time to take a breath, you know? Yeah. And then That was actually a really good question because I don't listen to a lot of uh, music composition soundtracks from start to finish. Um, I have for Inception quite a bit, Star Wars. Lord of the Rings is absolutely the one that I've listened to in and it's entirety so many times oh and gladiator and yeah. braveheart okay that's probably quite there's, a few <laughs> uh, there's one that i've been re- listening to um recently which i'm sure everybody else has which is la la land oh yeah. okay yeah so i've heard that kind that's of good at least 100 times yeah, that, that is beautiful. that is good 
So yeah, musicals like Grease, obviously we've all heard that a bunch of times. And musicals are kind oh, okay, of okay. A... So just so you know, these would be La La Land. Grease would be on my soundtrack soundtrack sure, episode. Yeah. They're already on that list. But they're well, not because they're, because they're written they're, for the for the okay, film. Okay, but they're they're actual sure. songs with written words and everything. That's true, but it's written for I mean, the film. We can go at it. So, there is a delineation when you're doing a cue sheet for which is a cue as a as a piece of music for a movie. So you would there's consider in, that there's composition. In scene. Yeah. Well, there's in scene and then there's uh, background instrumental. Right. Those okay. are two different. Uh, delineations so while the land is mostly in scene and then uh, but they are written for the film i get what you yeah. mean but there's and then most of the stuff oh, that it, we're, we were talking about kelvin is, yeah no just yeah. but that, i had a different category sure yeah yeah um so like Greece, which was a, a, a you know stage a stage play first and the song I mean, we can talk about Greece. i love Greece. yeah Greece but like yeah, but like Somebody even that's slightly it. different than um, <laughs> than La La Land. La La Land, I don't know. It's, it's beautiful. Amazing. It's beautiful. But again, I think of another day of sun, and I I think of the actual. Right, yeah. But again, that's yeah. the delineation of is it a yeah. we're, we we've been up to this point talking about background instrumental is the term, yeah. is the term for it, and right. so these are more in scene pieces and stuff. So right. and are musicals, which is it's a musical, another right? whole. Yeah. 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 Okay. So the ones I listened to uh, and always downloaded was uh, Braveheart. Um, Lord of the Rings and actually you're going to laugh at this one but don't laugh too hard but there was this movie I used to watch as a kid The Secret Garden I love The Secret Garden I watched it a thousand times as a kid of course see he didn't I don't even remember there's this scene in the beginning where the girls in like India or something and there's like three inches of water and this big Buddha head it's like the most beautiful stunning scene yeah it's gorgeous anyway but there's a piano piece in that and I don't I don't have a good voice I know but it's it's named on the soundtrack like Across the Moors and it's it's beautiful. And that's when they're doing the the car ride, right? Like, and it goes from dark to light. So you love that music. Yeah, just the music's beautiful, and it's it's not a known film. It didn't do well. Mm. All right, my friends. Well, anything else you want to plug in terms of composition, music? Look, tons of fun, and we could look. You guys are you guys are hilarious. I love it. Right, and also, I love. No, so interesting. Well, I also love how knowledgeable you yeah, guys are. You guys are skilled. Awesome. So uh, my hat's off to you if I was wearing one. But uh, is there <laughs> anything else you want to mention in terms of uh, composition, films, music? Any words of wisdom? Um, I mean, if you're if you're making music, uh, find what you like about stuff that you like already, and then sit down and deconstruct it. Find out why you like it. Find out what the the composer did, what instruments he used, or what musical direction he's going i would say that was probably the biggest benefit i had from like uh starting from a complete novice onto doing professional work that's great advice yeah. Yeah. calvin and i would say uh, not not so much for the people who want to get into uh, creating music but for listening um there's a few there's a few soundtracks um like cider house rules and mm. um, oh, that's beautiful last house uh, drum director there's yeah there's some there's a few soundtracks that you can actually listen to from start to finish it's not going to distract you from work like even if you have to write or or you know stuff like that it's just because that's kind of important you can't sometimes you can't listen to like rap or hip-hop or something because you're right, right. right of course um so yeah just listen to full soundtracks and that kind of that kind of builds your awareness of it too which is nice. Nice. that's yeah. awesome i love the passion you guys have for the subject as well yeah, which is great because awesome. you're working in that field yeah right cool and once again where can people find you bowie and kelvin.com b-o-w-i-e and it's K-E-L. not kelvin and bowie.com <laughs> no it's bowie we have that in the redirects actually no actually we don't have that gonna really uh, gonna i'm gonna buy it tonight before this goes out <laughs> all right gentlemen i loved having you on the show it's so been fun. fun well thanks, thanks for having us thanks all right bye everyone good bye. night
Thank you so much for listening to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. I hope you enjoy the full listen to the Real Rob theme written by our guests, Bowie and Kelvin. And remember, you can find them at bowieandkelvin.com if you would like to listen to everything else we've worked on. Just a reminder for you, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tony the Movie Guy. You can email us at Tony the Movie Guy Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Patreon and YouTube. So any support you can give to us, we would really appreciate it. Share it with your friends, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.